0: Hello, happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another episode of Walkins. Welcome, I'm Nick Horde. I've got Michael Ray with me. What's up, buddy? Hello. What are we all about here?
1: Tripling patient volume. We triple patient volume <laughs> through digital marketing <laughs> services
0: and exceptional client experience.
1: And we don't have our background on, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, this will just be one of those episodes where we don't have the background on, and it'll be be just fine. But who, anyway, who will come in? Yeah, we're we're going to be talking about all things uh, Gen Z marketing today. But before we do, um, we have come off of a webinar that we got to present to the Urgent Care Association. Um, a lot of fun. Michael did an awesome job. I supported him the best way I could. But more importantly, there is a major need. Uh, for digital marketing services and so some of you who pay attention to this podcast in the patient care space maybe you wanted to get a 15-minute strategy session with me and they were all filled up. Um, those are starting to open them back up now so I want to make sure that uh, you click on com and then click on schedule a strategy session. And I'd be happy to do a one-to-one with you and talk about whatever patient care marketing needs that you have. So I Yeah do and, and, and
1: it's a no pressure thing too because I've seen you talk to them and I've done some as well as well and we're like you kind of got it figured out. We could offer this maybe, but that's about it. Right. Or, so you don't like your current place, tell me why. And like, I, yeah, you're, I can't find what you're talking about. So if anything, we can validate what you're thinking, or we can give you some tips, or we can, or there's an opportunity to say, hey, you could, you could work with us and see a difference. So, yeah.
0: Well, would love <clears> to invite <throat> you to do that. But until then, we're going to talk about marketing to the Zoomers.
1: Yeah, so... <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. (laughs) It's
0: like, what was that? So here we go.
1: All right. right, So I'm
0: predicting no edit on that. No, not at all.
1: Hannah. But anyway, so Gen Z. So real quick, what's the Gen Z? Uh, First, I'm a millennial, but Gen Z is 1997, 2012 when they were born. So these are your 20-something, you're like your pre-teens up to 20-something-year-olds right now in 2023. Right. So they are starting through adult, like some are into adulthood, some are still kids to a certain degree but that means if they're in their mid20s, they're start to have families start to have adult things going on. <clears throat> so it's, you got to start thinking about these people and we're going to talk to you about what does a gen Z look for uh, in the marketing world and it's surprising it's not as obvious as you think it is because I think and this is the thing I have a beef about the idea of generations. It seems like every generation has a beef with another generation about something. And the reality not is not
0: Generation X. We don't care about anybody, <clears> nothing. There you go. We're good.
1: But like you know, Millennials <laughs> for the longest time were were beat up because we were too soft or didn't work or whatever it was. And now that that view has changed somewhat. Uh, and Gen Zs are like, we don't know how to operate with Gen Zs. Well, apparently Gen Zs are more traditional than you think they are. They just don't know how to explain it sometimes. Right. Um, but but. Here's the thing. This is the first true generation born with the Internet. Like, they don't know what the world was like pre-Internet at all. The thing about it this way, if they were the first part of Gen Z, they were 10 years old when the iPhone came out. Wow. So they've been involved with a touchscreen their entire life. Yeah, almost. they've
0: never – like. They don't understand not walking up to a television and touching the television.
1: Yeah, like I have a three-year-old and she thinks everything is touch screen. Um, Even like the projector on my wall, she smacks the wall or smacks the TV that is not touch screen. And now we have to get a new TV, but uh, that's just part of it. Is that a true story? It kind of is. That's fantastic. But yeah, she's stabbed it a few times. The good news is TVs are
0: like 30 bucks now. Yeah,
1: they are cheaper. But anyway, so let's talk about these Gen Zs. So... Now, full transparency, uh, I pulled an article from search engine uh, sorry, SearchEngineJournal.com. They have a, an entire thing about it. This is a summary of some of those items. Um, and we'll include the link as a reference in the show notes. But this is some of the things I pulled. They gave us like 11 things to talk about. I'm pulling it down to seven things to talk about because somehow it's not too applicable to medical. But let's kind of go through it. So, let's start some stats first. <clears throat> so there was a uh, report done by IBM about Gen Z and brand, uh, brand affinity, which brand affinity is where, how do they associate with brands and what it, you know, kind of relate to them and what they think of a brand. So it's fi- the
0: feelings. How do you feel about
1: it? Yeah. Yeah. So 59% of respondents said they trust the brands they've grown up with. That's a pretty strong number. Right. So like, you know, and that kind of goes back, I even say myself, um, I was recently updating some uh, tools at my house and okay. I moved to Craftsman cause I grew up with Craftsman, and, I just did it. Like, that's what I knew. So the thing about that, that's what they, they, 59% trust the brands they grew up with. 46% side having a strong connection or loyalty to a brand. So basically half are loyal to a brand. The other half may not be. So there's like that mix. You got to talk to two different people. And then 66% stick to buying from a favorite brand for a long time. So once you get them in, two thirds of them are going to keep coming
0: back. So this tells me something that's, incredibly important, and that is getting your brand right.
1: Getting your branding right, and then making sure it's followed up right, where it don't deliver something that's not what they were sold. So just kind of keeping that in mind. So let's talk about, like, okay, so that's some broad foundation, right? Like this is who a Gen Zer is, a Zoomer is what they're calling them here, which I think is funny. Um, But you do think about it, since Zoom became such a big thing two years ago because of COVID, Well, two years ago, your oldest Gen Zer was um, probably in college. Yeah, in college, or just got out. Or or, the youngest
0: ones are in school, or their
1: first big job was on Zoom, right? Because of this, so just kind of thinking through that. Uh, So, a couple other small things about the family: Uh, they do generate income. Influence our family spends particularly on food uh, and beverages: seventy-seven percent and seventy-six percent, and yeah. So, there's all this influence around things. So, it's not. They're, and they also love research. They like they don't mind to do research as well. So like this is we're trying to develop for you guys of who this person is. They're not what you think they are, and we're trying. We're going to go through some of that. So how do you talk to these people?
0: Well, I love. I love this last line here. Is eighty eight percent of these members actually prefer a blend of digital and physical
1: marketing? Yes, yes. So that is so, something weird to think about, right? Like they want something physical too. Well, not, think
0: about it. Like here, here you are. Listening to a podcast, you've probably received some emails today, a thousand. Um, you've probably been online and checked your Facebook or your Instagram or your TikTok or LinkedIn or whatever you're on. Um, somebody's probably sent you a text some some point today. Mm-hmm. How excited do you get when you get a physical piece of mail or a box yeah, or something that you can grasp, right? Yeah. My, my wife ordered me a uh, grill cleaning kit for my Blackstone and I don't get a lot of Amazon packages. She does. She gets them all the time. So it's like Christmas for her every day. But every like, day. <laughs> I, honestly, well, I, I was just thinking, you know, I don't remember the last time I got something at the door for me in a box, and, I, like, I love it. Physical. Yep. Anyway, I was just thinking.
1: Well, well and, and I even uh, think, so, and this lines up to some, um, I had I worked for a company once, and we had worked with a marketing company that did some uh, first data research on, how do this was now? This lines up because it was how do high schoolers respond to marketing, and this was probably like 2015. Mm-hmm. And they figured out like they'd while they'll listen and respond to regular, like radio, TV, digital, they loved pieces of mail, right? Just loved it because they don't know what it's like, like
0: it's new to them,
1: yeah. And it's and it's weird because I can peel it. I don't know what it is. It's right. a surprise. You open it, like okay. oh, God.
0: Michael. There's some. I don't mean to say dumb little kid. Forgive me. <laughs> some little kid YouTuber. I, I can't remember his name. He's a little Asian kid. Oh, he has an entire line Just now. Just stop it, man. Are you kidding me? I'm not paying eighty nine ninety nine for this egg shaped thing. No clue what's inside of it. No clue. It yeah. could be anything. Yeah. Right. Reminds me of like Christmas story. Yeah there, yeah. there could be anything in there. Yeah. Right. These kids are jazzed like out of their mind over this toy that they don't even know what's in it and they'll just pay whatever for it. So because and, of the YouTube channel.
1: Well, and, and, and then that's the other side of, I I think it's part of the experience. Right. Like I even think about how the idea of watching somebody play a video game is entertainment. Stop. So, I mean, it's just... My it's, kids do that. I do some of that. They, they would
0: like, watch Minecraft before they would play it.
1: Yeah, like, I, I, I will not play a Resident Evil game, but I will watch somebody play a Resident Evil game. That's funny.
0: We uh, have completely lost our patient care audience. Let's no, no, sorry. Let's back to
1: our patient care I think audience. we're still nerds here. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> here's some strategies we're going to talk about. Um, and some of this sound will sound familiar, but it's real. Personality the Gay is great uh, channel specific content. What does that mean? It means not one campaign can be replicated across all channels of marketing. You got to adjust some stuff.
0: So this is interesting, Michael, because, you know, as, as a patient care marketing company, we actually create content for our clients. Some of them, not all of them, where we're, where we're doing posting on behalf of our clients, uh, to their channels. And this, I I remember coming to y'all at the end of 22, or at Mm -hmm. least the team, right. And saying, Hey, here's the deal. Like, My TikTok experience and my LinkedIn experience and, like, what I'm going to these different channels for are completely different reasons. Yep. Right? Why are we saying the same message on all of these different platforms? Yep. Like, I'm not going to talk to a LinkedIn audience the same way I'm going to talk to an Instagram audience. Mm -hmm. So why are we using the same post?
1: Well, and I even think about the evolution of YouTube. Right. So I remember when YouTube first came out, it was like, stay under two minutes. Right. People don't want to engage. And then it started to grow. Then YouTube kicked in some monetization and had to break 12 minutes. And so it started to get longer and longer and longer. And boom, TikTok fires off. And it's like, here's 20-second videos, 30-second videos. Um, and let's not forget about uh, – what was the seven-second video platform? Um, oh, Vine? Vine. Vine was like the extreme short. And it right. died pretty quick, honestly. It did. Uh, but – so you, you get this longer format in YouTube, and then TikTok kicked in, and now YouTube's trying to regain the short format, and it's doing a terrible job at that. Right. Um, so now what do I, like mentally, what do I do? I go to YouTube to learn how to do something that I'm trying to actively do or educate myself more deeply on something, and then I go to TikTok for entertainment and some quick, like, oh, that's cool, that's, things you should know type of uh, information, like right. random information.
0: Here's a great video idea. difference in an emergency room and an urgent care yeah that's a great YouTube video that gives you presence it's searchable it's relatable because a lot of people don't know okay I'm going to the emergency room because like I'm bleeding out I'm going to the emergent or I'm sorry the urgent care or the immediate care because I've got the flu two completely different uses but people for whatever reason they just think they're the same thing yeah and and they're not what a great YouTube content video!
1: So that's a good, like, deep explanations. Let's go through it. And then, if you need a TikTok version, it would be: Here are three things that you should go to the emergency room for. And they just names off three things and like show a little visual and cut to, and then you're done. Like, that's it. quick educate is quick education, but they but you make them feel really good about like how I learned. And it has to be legitimate because TikTok has now gotten really good of other videos debunking. Your videos, yeah.
0: What do they call them? Where it's one video that's right next to another one of them talking about your video.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, and and that's what TikTok was originally for—was sharing music, essentially. But um,
0: well, here's here's the concept behind this, Michael. Like when you're creating multi-channel content, start with the bigger content, chop it up into into the relevance per the platform. mm -hmm. So I just gave you an idea for uh, urgent care versus emergency room. Now, how do I deliver that message concisely on TikTok? What do I need to say to that on Facebook? What do I need to say on Instagram? And just pick the platforms that you care about, by the way. You may not even be using TikTok. That, the point is, is is to take big picture and then break that up into content that you can use so that you have a week's worth of content. You can theme out your week. You can theme out your month. All right, so let's keep it short. You just talked about that to a degree. Number two is keep it short, right? Yeah, so- yeah
1: keeping it short and keeping it focused, like we just touched on that already. Um, and then the reality check is... You're probably approaching 80, and we'll talk about this in a second, but 80 plus percent of your content being consumed is on a mobile device. No doubt. So people are not sitting there holding their phone for, well, they might be on their phone for an hour, but the reality is like they, if it doesn't look good or or easy to digest while on a four inch wide screen, you got to work through that. So you got to think through all that stuff. And it all goes back to video itself. So we keep talking video, but the, that's number three. Use video as much as you can. Use it a lot. Because yep. if you don't, and like people, they, video does so much that you can learn from it. You can be entertained by it. And you don't have to think. Uh, I know that most people actually mute their videos because they're in a public place watching these videos. Um, so you have to make sure your closed captioning makes sense. Um, all these different things. That's how people operate. Like, I even, like I'm a very closed captioning person on video. Like right. I don't, I rarely listen to it. So I'm going through TikTok it drives Courtney crazy. I go through TikTok with all my sound off. Cause I, and I only stop on videos that have stuff right now, you know, the closed captioning happening because that's what I care about. Right. Um, but that's just the reality that we live in. And talking about on the smartphone side things things, what I find f- fascinating, TikTok is like 99% mobile, but they still have a very public website. I've been like one time. Well, right, you don't think about well, it I is, did
0: it to go run ads for one of our clients. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. But
1: they have a TikTok.com, right. and it is completely unfiltered. Like you don't have to log in; it's very YouTube-esque. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just but people don't think about it that way right. ever because you can't really cre- kind of can't but really can't create content on the website version of it.
0: So the Zoomers are very bent on consuming their content in video format, not image format. They're just not going to read. They, mm-hmm. they, I'll say that again for those in the back. They're just not going to read. No. They They're not.
1: They, they want to listen and digest it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if and if they want more information, you can send them somewhere where they can read more about it. But I would even argue, like, the, the the Zoomer, embed a video on that blog page of the content that you're wanting them to read, and they'll watch it and read it at the same time. But yeah. anyway, champion authenticity. Michael, tell me about that.
1: So let, let's be as authentic as we can. It doesn't have to be Super polished scripted information, like let's have behind the scenes bloopers, uh in actual interviews with people, like the real thing. Like don't make it so now there is a place for being polished, but even inside the polished, let there be cheekiness involved if it, to say.
0: That makes me want to go look at the Nick the Marketer TikTok to see how that video of authenticity went.
1: Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> TikTok.com slash market me nick. Yep. That's for nothing patient care related. But no, but there's it's pretty some funny good. stuff in there.
1: Yeah. And and here's like Here's a good example, too. So, um, I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you ever watch Haggerty on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, Haggerty, it's a, I think they're more of a car insurance company, but they hired one of the I'm guys.
0: I'm not watching car insurance company ads or
1: stuff. No, it's a good video. It's by the Motor Trend the host from a long time ago. And the thing what makes him so attractive is he is super real, 100% real. Okay. And, like, and so, and his commentary is what people think about and he he doesn't mind stepping on people's toes and then sometimes they'll just do fun comparisons because like let's be ridiculous and that's how they right. go with it um anyway but yeah being because we want to I, I don't know about you but when i go to when i watch a TikTok video and i have a son a, a thought that jumps in my mind about the video right i immediately go to comments and 99 percent of the time that comment is there of what i'm thinking about uh, and that just happens all the time. Cause it's real it's relatable. It's all relatable. That's funny. Anyway, so moving forward. So champion
0: champion authenticity. I'll have to go check that out. That authentic to me is just being yourself and not trying to be something that you're not. Yeah. Um, if you're struggling with imposter syndrome when you're putting out your content, you're not being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's a pretty good indicator. Um I, I've struggled with that in the past when I'm trying to put together a presentation or Something uh, like a webinar, or something like that. I, I struggle with a little imposter syndrome. I remember when we were given the last webinar that we gave. I looked at you and told you, "I mean, I can't deliver this." Yeah. And we totally changed it to where we could just have a conversation, like we do this all the time. Yeah. Like I, on this podcast, I'm like, "Why am I trying to be this when this is who we are?"
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think of a great example. One, my, I don't know if you're seeing some TikTok, but it's the uh, it's Daniel Mack. Yes. He to me is like the perfect. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone, walk up to an expensive car and knock on the window and say, What do you do for a living? Yeah.
0: Love your you car. Some of the stuff that it comes out of their mouth. Yeah, and it's, it's great. And, and,
1: like, and sometimes you think, Is this scripted? Is this not scripted? But a lot of it, like, No, that's definitely one scripted. That was right. pretty wild. Right. But uh, but that's like the I think about that. That guy's making millions of dollars off of walking up the cars right. to say, What do you do for a living? Anyway, moving forward though. So we're already. Hour nineteen minutes in. Um, Invite just fine, man. We only
0: got two more after this. There you go.
1: Invite Gen Z
0: to participate in your marketing. That seems kind of obvious. Yeah, it does. And then it's vague to me at the same time. Like, how do I invite? Look at it from the patient care perspective, right? So, how am I going to, as a patient care provider, invite a Generation Z, like twenty something year old, to be a part of my marketing? Yeah, it's hard. So you know. you're looking for really – I guess the best way to do this, Michael, is you, if you have a Gen Z on your team, they're the ones who need to invite them in to yeah, participate in the marketing, right? Because they're going to connect on that level. Yeah. This, this one's kind of an interesting one, me that you pulled up. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to apply this.
1: Yeah, So, and, and it's one of the things – well, and it's also, too, like um, if, if you're doing – if all your marketing shows 40-something-year-olds – or older inside your marketing, there's a re- like uh, they, they don't talk to younger people, right? That's that mentality, or they don't know how to talk to younger people because uh, sometimes the language is a little different, right? Or the how do you approach? Because we do make a joke, and I think this is 100% true. Uh, I think it started with millennials, but Gen Z's for sure of they are terrified of the phone, yeah? They are or, talking on the phone, not the actual phone, but talking on they don't even like. Questionably, do they know their phone actually makes phone calls? You know, my that, son doesn't. Well, I, I, and I've seen people on dates and they're not talking; they're texting
0: each other from across the table.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that. But, but that's what's happening. Like, there's a a, a language, I say, barrier, but mm-hmm. challenge sometimes where like how they communicate is different from what you're used to, most likely. But it doesn't make them weird. It doesn't make any of that. But if you can share, like we we are most we are like. For an urgent care i don't care how old you are what generation you're from you have an ailment that needs help right needs you know medicine or whatnot or a diagnosis doesn't matter like it doesn't matter who who you are like that's still a thing and you just need to make sure they feel comfortable with what they're dealing with here because like i'm not going to go to an an urgent care and all their branding is older people like old people right they're meant for somebody else not me yeah So you got to just think it's geriatric that. care. That's not what we're looking for. <laughs> exactly. At. But mean,
0: include geriatric. <clears throat> but anyway, but just kind of think that younger.
1: Yeah, so so if you do have some people on your team that are in that age bracket, get some of their insight. Does this make them nervous? Do they like this branding, this messaging you're putting out? Get them involved if you can. Those, some, yo-
0: those younger team <clears throat> members that you've brought on are a wealth of knowledge on how to talk to their generation. Yeah, leverage right. that. Cuz <clears So throat> I I would argue this Point, invite Gen Z to participate in your marketing. Mm-hmm. I, I know what it says here, but my thought is, is when you invite Gen Z to participate in your marketing, I'm talking about the Gen Z that you have on your team. That's what I would argue. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, All
1: right. Next is lever user generated content. UGC. So, UGC. Yep. So, actual people, not not fake people, Right. Like, use real imagery. <laughs> Make sure you have the right release forms when you do that. We just read oh, about ab- absolutely <laughs> in the HIPAA world. Yeah, we just read sure a lawsuit today about not using proper release forms. Right. But um, it, people are going to respond a whole lot better when they see somebody that that fits their mold. That's a real person. Now, sometimes it can be muddied because sometimes, like this, is a paid testimonial. Well, we've all seen them. We're like, man, well, right. that's whatever. But and then you have to look at the influencer sign. Like, are you Are you? Do you have the right person in front of them as well? But um, either way, like you need to make it seem as real as possible. And it needs to be, I, I even says right here, when prompted to pick between user generated travel photo or stock travel, 70% of Gen Z said they're more likely to trust the company more when they use a real customer, not a, a, stock, a stock photo.
0: And, you know, part of the challenge with that is you can't sculpt that. You can't curate that, Mm-mm. you know. When it's a when it's a user generated <clears throat> piece of content or a user generated photo, it's not going to look as beautiful as that person that came in with this, you know, fifteen thousand dollar Nikon camera. Right, it's just yeah. not going to be the same thing. Um, so <clears throat> it's going to appear to be less quality of a brand, but for the generation Z, they're attracted to that because it's authentic. Well,
1: I even think about uh, so you and I are both fans of mk mk mkbhd marquez yeah marquez okay sorry that's his that. channel marquez <laughs> and he, he he took his own medicine and he said i'm gonna make a new channel just off my iphone yeah it's
0: called autofocus yeah, it. it's a good it's a good one
1: he already has now granted he already had millions that's of subscribers good. but his autofocus channel which is 100 iphone he and no special editing he already has 500,000 subscribers, right. and it's all about the content. The quality right. of production is not—it's it, important because you want to be able to hear them and see them well. But it's not the deciding factor on am I going to keep watching this or not. Right. Like if it's relatable content that seems 100% real, not made up, that works. Like just to say like, i was watching the e-rate, the Corvette e-rate thing, and he was just sitting. Like he wasn't allowed to drive the vehicle. But he was sitting in the bathroom with his iPhone talking to the driver and right. looking what he's doing. Like that to me is about as real as you can get without going a test drive. Yeah. So I need to do that. Yeah. All right. Exactly.
0: So don't abandon mm. omni-channel marketing. The best way I could say this is like uh, the Gen Z's and, and even the millennials, really everybody, not only do they like a digital approach, they like to touch, feel, walk into places. Your digital real estate Needs to be just as strong as your brick and mortar real estate, mm-hmm. especially in the ca- patient care space. You need to understand that you need to have both of those both of those channels working in conjunction.
1: And and yeah, and they need to feel familiar to each other. That's right. Where when they get so here's the reality because it even says here three times as many Gen Zers say they shop at a retail store compared to online. Which what that means is they're still shopping online. That's still happening. Yep. But if there's an opportunity to go to a store, and this is to me, when I read this, this is more of a entertainment value, and like, let's go, not so much a like. I don't. I think most people say I rather not go to a Walmart if I don't have to, be, because it's just a thing. Yes. And there's a, <clears throat> but there's a convenience to Walmart because I can go to Walmart and get something right now. Yep. And I have to wait two days true. to get it. That's true. So you have to think through that. But the reality is, some people want to go to a retail tour. Retail store for the experience, right? Like right now, I could look at hobby stuff all day, but I'd much rather walk into a hobby store and feel and see and smell the hot the stuff that's related to the hobby store because uh, it's just like it makes it feel right, right? And you can't translate that on a screen every single time, and so there's a re like it, if you have a brick and mortar, it has to line up like it, like you have a budget for all things, and. Making sure your brick and mortar is a real reflection. Now, even like your um, your display stuff. So like if you have a showroom, like not talking to your urgent cares or your medical as much, but if you have a showroom, you want to make sure that has the most recent product on it that people care about. They want to interact with the product.
0: Well, I mean, you could look at the idea of they have the separated pharmacy a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like you see that. Um, yeah. Also, something that we're running into in the medical space a lot is if you have an urgent care, you also own like an aesthetic and wellness yeah. section as well. And a lot of times those have lotions and oils and products, yep. right? So, oh, yeah. the, the biggest takeaway for, for me here on number seven before we wrap up is it, there are three times as many Gen Zers say they want to shop in a retail store. Here's the biggest thing I can tell you as a patient care provider, at least if you're listening to this podcast, you're in retail health care. Yep. If you're an urgent care, if you're a chiropractor, if you're a massage therapist, if you're aesthetic and wellness, you need to understand that you are retail medicine, you're retail healthcare. And as long as you look at it that way, you're going to be able to attract these Gen Zers and they expect a retail experience. This is not a sterile doctor's office or medical facility. This is something that you're allowed to have some some pomp and circumstance. You're allowed to have a little pizzazz. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like you could have some flair. It's okay. It's retail.
1: Or, or bring in like the extra. We were talking the other day about comparing like a Walmart to a Target and right. how the lighting, the the width of the aisles, the height of the shelves, the how the layout of the store is, quite a bit different between Walmart and Target. Right. And when you think Target, you think of, Not necessarily luxury, but higher end and a better shopping experience because it's just chill. Even though Target is just as crazy as Walmart when it comes to Black Friday and how they process stuff, but there's there's a premium association. When you go to Walmart, it's a, here it is, get to it, it's a good price, move on. We want you out of the store because we're cycling so many people through this store right now. Mm -hmm. So thinking through that, what kind of experience are you trying to give people? Because... Whatever that retail experience is, that digital experience has to be a reflection of that. Because I don't, you don't want to put a bunch of ads out there, uh, digital or TV or whatever, and it's it's a family oriented, urgent, you know, very super family. They get there and it's just not at all very right. sterile and just nothing fun at all about it. So just keep that in mind because there is an experience piece of that, and they may not come like you may give them a good service, but they may not come back because they had a bad first impression. Right. So.
0: That's good info, man. So let's recap real quick our seven strategies. One, create channel-specific content. Two. Keep and, it short. Yep. Three, use a video and lots of it. All the video. All right, number four, channel five. authenticity. Number five.
1: Invite Gen Z to participate, actually, in your marketing. Number six. Leverage user-generated content. And wrap it up. And then don't abandon omni-channel marketing. So seven things right there. A lot of the stuff we talked about before, but if you could wrap it up in a bow, it's Make sure it's good, authentic content that's being specific to your channels and it is real, just straight up
0: real. If you need help in these areas and you're trying to get that digital piece correct, go ahead and schedule a one-to-one with either Michael or myself. We're happy to talk through it with you. Oh, yeah. Um, And, of course, we'll, we'll show you what's working for you. Um, and maybe where we can fill in the gaps if you need that patientcaremarketingpros.com. go check us out. And as always, you know, leave us a review on this podcast. We, we welcome the feedback. We want your feedback. Um, if you have suggestions to where we can serve you better, drop that into a uh, email to us. That's hello at patientcaremarketingpros.com.
1: And if you want to meet us in person, we'll be at the Urgent Care Association Conference in the uh, in Vegas.
0: I'd love to give you a high five or a knuckle bump or a, give you a copy of our book that's coming out. Seriously. Con- of and, yep.
1: and seriously considering bringing our equipment in to do a live podcast.
0: I, I think that's going to happen.
1: I need to order a case.
0: <laughs> All right. Approved. All right. All right. There you go. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next Wednesday. See you.